0: today's episode is specifically designed for the writers it is specifically designed to the creatives who give us the content that allow us to podcast today we wouldn't be here Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the writers that created Ahsoka if it wasn't here the writers who created you know like uh you know Robert Kirkman like Invincible we wouldn't be here without Stan Lee we wouldn't be here without these creatives right and that is what the forefront of today's episode i want to talk about
1: so that one episode of she-hulk i think i believe it got paid just under 400 dollars. like across the spider-verse right we all
0: love that film but look at the behind the scenes look at how many animators left the yeah. project but to create a
1: piece of art to create quality entertainment that, that that's a whole another beast bro so yeah they'd propose that the background performers should be able to get scanned be paid for one one day's pay and then the company would own that scan own that person's image likeness and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity in any project they want with no consent and no compensation what's a strike is not a strike if it's convenient for the people you're striking against a strike Mm. is supposed to be disruptive
0: what's up guys (laughs) sorry i have a bit of allergies welcome to another episode of the invincibles i just messed up the intro but you know what we've done the intro (laughs) so long you guys you guys know who we are you know i'm zen i'm ollie and we're just gonna get into today's episode man um so let's you know let's just hit the ground running there's been a lot in use with superman legacy with deadpool 3 with the uh, the fate of miss marvel and the marvel mm-hmm. comics brand as a whole and really the implications of kamala being from inhuman to mutant um as well as our own thoughts about the industry and some comments that bob Iger has made but admittedly i don't know much of the information that is going on here i'm a creative but i I want to be more informed. And that's why we got Ollie here today. All the, you know, all the facts, you know, all of the information. Today's episode is specifically designed for the writers. It is specifically designed to the creatives who give us the content that allow us to podcast today. We wouldn't be here mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the writers that created Ahsoka. If it wasn't here, it the writers who created, you know, like, uh, you know, Robert Kirk- Kirkman, like Invincible, we wouldn't be here without Stan Lee. We wouldn't be here without these creatives. Right. And that is what, the forefront of today's episode I want to talk about obviously we'll talk about Superman Legacy we'll talk about spider-man and, and and you know Kamala we'll talk about all the nerdy aspects but today's episode is about the hearts and the people behind the characters that we love it is not ethical that companies are trying to to shut the writers strike out make them go broke and then resume everything but I don't know the specifics and clearly from what I just talked about right now I'm giving really vague you know descriptions because I'm just going off of Twitter and stuff I've seen on Instagram and and Google. So take it away, bro. What is going on in Hollywood right now? Give us the bare bones facts.
1: Okay, so the writer strike has been going on for I believe about two months now, and um, you know writers don't get paid fairly. You know, straight off the bat, they just don't. the The writer of uh. One of the episodes of She-Hulk, I think, was one where Daredevil made his appearance. Um, Cody
0: Yeah. current writer for Miles Co- and Morales in the comics, right now, actually.
1: So that one episode of She-Hulk, I think, I believe he got paid just under four hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, it's like three twenty-five or something. Three
1: ninety-five. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's absolutely. Shocking. That's the
0: entirety, right? Like that's the yeah, entirety. That's
1: that's all he received. Um. That is. That's probably. Five families Disney Plus subscriptions for a year. <laughs> Just paid that, his that, yeah, and they have hundreds of millions of subscribers. So that kind of puts it into perspective. But um, so if you yeah. do
0: the math, sorry, not to interrupt you, but if you do the math with equity, somebody do the math. Like you know, somebody who's watching the podcast do the math. But if I'm doing the math correctly. He should be getting at least five to six figures for the work he's done on that show am I am I correct yeah or even yes. more
1: yeah it, definitely okay. and okay. so that's been going on for a while now projects are being uh sort of halted delayed because of it um but and there's not all of
0: Hollywood not just like Marvel right like this is yeah yeah this is, yeah this is okay. this is
1: over the complete the entire film industry and just before the uh, sag after a strike, I think that's how you say it. I've never heard it said out loud. So that's the Screen Actors Guild, um, union, um, just before their strike began, Bob Iger came out and made comments about both writers Studio and actors Disney. striking. Yeah, that newly appointed because he was CEO, then uh, he's come back. Um, and <sighs> so I've I've got an article up here. This is why this is why I'm looking to side, yeah. but. Uh, He said, this is a quote, he said, it's very disturbing, the decision to go on strike. Um, We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing, the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing, it's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Now, I'm probably going to end up going very left-wing Labour sort of here, but he, he doesn't Understand the first thing about what a strike is meant to be. What's, a strike is not a strike if it's convenient for the people you're striking against. A strike mm. is supposed to be disruptive. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? Otherwise, there's not going to be changed. This is why they're doing it. This is why they're making it inconvenient and disruptive. Because it's the only way the studios will actually listen and pay attention. Um, And carrying on. His his comment said, uh, I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value they deliver. Uh, I think that's a complete lie. I don't think he understands that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah, there's again, he said it's very disruptive. They are adding to the set of challenges that this business is already facing. Gaslighting. They are, they, are, they are, but that's the, the point. They want right. to make it hard for the studios um, because, you know, the studios are not paying them enough money to live. And, and think about
0: the time crunches too, bro. We mm. live in an industry, like across the Spider-Verse, right? We all love that film, but look at the behind the scenes. Look at how many animators left the yeah. project. Look at how they were treated. Mm. Look at the time crunches that they were put on seven days a week like 12 hour days that's inhumane R- redoing entire scenes completely editing them completely animating them because that was the preferred uh, you know work style of, of phil lord if i'm if i'm it was phil lord who wanted everything mm-hmm. completely animated if i i'm so sorry if i get that wrong somebody if i'm you know incorrect please correct it in the comment section below but um it was phil lord who wanted everything animated allegedly that is not ethical you're having animators go on intense time crunches to meet deadlines for scenes that you might not even use, that you could, you could use an email for that. You can use a storyboard for that. You don't need a fully anime. Yeah. And if you look at the math, bro, uh, as, you, you know, not to get super left-wing, you can only get so ethical in capitalism, right? Like when you're trying to make a profit, unfortunately, there will be a, a class of people who is going to get screwed continuously, right? That's how Mm -hmm. it works for all the wealth for yourself under the guise of working hard, right? But that also implies that resources come easily to everybody and no, they do not. So, and, and, and that's what's frustrating here. Like a lot of the people do not understand this, but more importantly, these writers are creating content that people, depending on how good it is, will attach to their lives you feel yeah. me so like growing up i saw the power of the screen for example toby mcguire right the 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 scene where he's walking up the wall if it wasn't for how that scene was shot you wouldn't have kids like me or you whoever wanting their mom and dads to hold them while they climb up the wall yeah because of how that scene <laughs> was shot you get what it, because it engrossed you it enthralled you put you in there there was a writer for that Mm. Right, I forget the name. Maybe it was Michael Chabon or Chabon, or maybe it was Sam Raimi. I forget. Because it was creative,
1: like people, humans, we are naturally creative, and t- just touching on something that we're we're gonna go into a bit deeper later with studios wanting to bring in AI. If you use AI, you don't get that. Right, you but, can't create.
0: you yeah. can't create that. You can't. AI will create content for the screen but it will not create works of art that will sink mm-hmm. think about that like you can have an ai create an episode full of filler and full of cameos that'll just make your dollar you can complete the assignment so to speak but to create a piece of art to create quality entertainment that, that that's a whole nother beast bro yeah that's a whole nother beast and and let me you know i could keep going on but my my point there was to say like it, it was humans who created the iconic stuff you have millions of people all over the world consuming the content that you created on timelines that you were given you should be able to be paid compensated fairly for everybody consuming your product
1: yeah so these it, writers
0: should be getting paid more
1: they they can't make the art without them like it just it's not the same it just doesn't work um and inspired art not just something mm. to put out there
0: something that you remember that takes i mean i wish people could take write one 60 second and not you because i know you could do it but anybody out there who who doesn't know what we're talking about write one 60 second script with just a, a story a simple 60 second script That is so hard. Most people can't do that. Most of the screens, the scripts, and stuff that is denied, like 95% of scripts, is denied in Hollywood because 99% of them are subpar quality to the standards of Hollywood in terms of formatting, in terms of all of that. You you get what I'm saying? You get Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's because most people haven't met that standard yet. It's not because it's just that elite. Yeah. Even though there is for sure a lot of elitism and, and everything. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, like, Your script has to be industry-stranded first before it's even, you know, uh, accepted. You need a human to do that. And you need a human who, 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 who spends hours in the lab, at the library, in class, researching, studying, understanding how characters work. But in order to do your job in those hours, you need food, you need water, you need peace of mind, you need resources, you need money for that. (laughs) <laughs> the amount of effort that these writers put in to create pieces of art that we all talk about for years on end you should also be getting paid if people are talking about a piece of work that you made 10 years ago and it's still relevant but you're broke because you weren't paid because of that that's just a smile in your face that's just a laugh in your face yeah that you did something so great and it can not even
1: do something for your life exactly it's it it's not fair it's it's borderline, well, it is criminal. It, it and the I'm just happy that there is unions for writers. Um, there should be unions for a lot more, um, sort of industries. But you know that's a bigger conversation. So the the unions, they're you know they're working hard. There's a I've got a quote here from uh the president of the Screen Actors Guild, uh, Fran Drescher, I think. I think it's a German name. I think that's how I say it. Drescher, maybe. Um, And he really... uh, Oh, it might be she, Fran. I'm not sure. Anyway, (laughs) the president of Screen Actors Guild has said, uh, the companies have refused to meaningly engage on some topics and on others completely stonewalled us. So the studios just just aren't willing to engage with the the union at all, um, and it says until they do negotiate in good faith, we cannot begin to reach a deal. Um, so it, this this is literally like three days ago. Well, the studios are, are just point blank refusing to negotiate, and but, they want to
0: create AI background actors,
1: right? Yes, so... Yeah. Um, in, I think this... Let me just get an article up about this so I know what I'm... So I've got all my facts right. So, eight hey, studios hold actors that they wanted to uh, replace uh, background actors with... So we wanted to scan them. Um, that was it. I think it was the studios proposed to Screen Actors Guild. I think it, I think it might have been some deal that they offered. Um, this wait, this is a deal. I think I think it
0: was. This was the CEO's offering an olive branch to the actors, replacing them with AI characters. Um.
1: One second.
0: Man, this is some crazy stuff.
1: So it was in it. It says the uh, what's his name, the chief negotiator of the Screen Actors Guild. So he 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 will he'll be negotiating with the studios to work out a better deal for actors to be offered by studios. And a proposal from the studios was that um, background performers should be able to be scanned that like digitally scanned, scan get paid for one day's pay which is a background actor I, I remember when uh, i actually applied to be an extra in the batman <laughs> i know how much they get paid it was i think it was about 100 200 pound a day okay um, i didn't become an extra in the batman obviously because i would have already mentioned it in the <laughs> podcast by now <laughs> <laughs> hey ba- um, Batman 2, too bro batman yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but i think i think it was roughly 100 to to £200 pound a day, which was about $250, $300. Um, so, yeah, they'd propose that the background performers should be able to get scanned, be paid for one one day's pay, and then the company would own that scan, own that person's image, likeness, and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity in any project they want with no consent and no compensation. That's the, that is verbatim from the chief negotiator of the Screen Actors Guild. Um, That's an
0: insulting deal, bro. They they made so, that deal, trying to be insulting.
1: Yes, absolutely. And just to put in perspective, the uh, the effect the deal like this could have. I know it sounds bad enough already, but to really put in in perspective for people, there was a film in the 90s, with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I believe it was a uh, the first one they ever uh, appeared, I think it was on screen together, they appeared as background actors, let me just get the name of the film so it was called Field of Dreams, it was a Kevin Costner movie and they were uncredited extras in the background of that film there was a scene of about I think 3,000 people in Fenway Park and that was one of their their early roles, one of their first background roles when they, you know, they were very very young, and that getting that part led them to meet people, led them to get more background work, led them to get auditions, and then to become the stars that we know today. You know, right. Oscar winners, Ben Affleck, two-time Oscar winner, um, you know, one of the best directors of his generation, arguably and um, yes. has not directed enough films so he needs to he needs to make more cuz I'm I'm a big fan um
0: but, flick took a lot of good directing years from us that's my hot take
1: well uh, uh, this has gone on a bit of a side tangent but the new production company that him and Matt Damon have opened together which is backed by Redbird Capital so they've got a bit of money behind them um called the uh, Artists' equity what that will do is anyone who works on a film under this production company even like the catering staff they will get a share of the box office earnings of the movie which you know you'd think it would be common sense to do that, you think that would be common practice it's absolutely not Um, and Ben Affleck has vowed to only work on films from this production company for the rest of his career
0: Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> that that's that
1: that's a step in the right direction, man. So if studios want Ben Affleck in their movie, if they want him on the poster, they have to work through the artist actually production company, which means everyone who works on the film, no matter at what level, get shares of the the uh the profits. Um and it's kind of it's kind of poetic that the first film from that production company was Air, which a key moment in that I know, I know you've seen it. Um a key moment in that film is michael jordan's mother negotiating for michael jordan to get a percentage of every jordan shoe sold um forever and it's i thought that was really important that that was the first film that they put out because it really sends a message about what that studio what that production company's about um mm. but yeah so without if they if they never got that if 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 they if when they had that background role in Field of Dreams, and I think it was maybe the eighties, late eighties, um, if if they had just been scanned on their first day of working for that, and then we never would have got Goodwill Hunting, one of the best films of all time, one of Robin Williams' greatest performances, <laughs> we never would have got this production company which is making life better for anyone who works on a film and they are i I am a bit biased because they are matt damon is like my favorite actor of all time but we wouldn't have got we wouldn't have got these two so imagine what talent could be suppressed in the future if studios implement this um there's a quote from a Oh, what is it? I think I think it's a J Cole. It's either J Cole or Logic. What's the lyric? I think they say, uh, the greatest rapper alive is probably like, uh, packing groceries or something like that." I can't remember what song it's from.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, what yeah, they I mean don't... by that is, so the the greatest person to ever do something might never get the opportunity to do it because of like their circumstances like someone who could be what what they meant what they meant was the greatest rapper alive might not ever get the chance to be that because of his circumstance his or her circumstance mm. the greatest actor ever the greatest director or writer ever may never get the chance to become that because of what the studios are trying to do there could be some kid someone who's yes some some kid who's not even been born yet maybe could one day go on to become the greatest actor ever, but they'll never get the opportunity because the first day they go on to do an extra work, they get scanned and then they never see a film set again.
0: And it's here's my my thing. I think a, lot, a large part of this is because ever since the MCU took over the film industry, because of quality films and because we love superheroes, a lot of the business practices started to corrupt stuff. Man, like for example, Multiverse of Madness. Was in one theater showing at Cinemark like thirteen times in like an hour. Mm-hmm. There was like smaller indie films at the time; they were getting showings once every other day. Yeah, so it's like they, they, they bully other you know films out there. They, they do, and I, I get you have to like you know be the big dog to be the MCU, but like, come on, man! Like this is this mm-hmm. is unethical. This is wrong, man. And then like. You know, because fans want to see the films, the comic book movies especially, as fast as possible when they want it right now, a movie every year, an overproduction of content, you need actors who can also act at that high, you know, consistent level with the um, performances that we've come to expect with the MCU. But that's not feasible because, like you said earlier, they're not robots and they can't switch it on and off. Mm -hmm. So the solution to these companies would then be Let's just make ro- ro- roboticized versions of themselves who can perform at that level without the the fatigue a human might have. And it's Black Mirror. It's literally Black Mirror. We're, yeah,
1: we're living in an episode of Black Mirror. Um, just, because... just to touch on... Sorry, just, just before you say that, just touch on something you said then about indie films in cinema. When they do get the opportunity to get a screening, it's at like 12 p.m. in the middle of the day when yeah. everyone's in work and no one's going to see it. yeah
0: yeah like and then they don't make any money and then it's a box office flop and then yeah and then studios don't want to make
1: that those type of films
0: meanwhile you got films like ant-man quantum mania making a ton of money but because it's just in everybody's face not because people are dying to see this film
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know i mean and maybe that's hypocritical you know because the MCU was super popular in general audiences but I guess my big issue was is cameo culture has kind of forced a lot of these companies to kind of take these unethical practices, right? Because, for example, Luke Skywalker, you want a Luke Skywalker movie? We could do right by Mark Hamill, or we could hire an actor, or we can get a computer that won't argue with us, just AI. AI and, actor, will and will cost see. less. It'll cost <laughs> less. And these films, what makes it so special is the relationships that you have on set you yes. take that away you take the human aspect away these films make us feel something because of the emotion behind it like when captain america told bucky i'm not going to fight you i could you know you're my friend and he's getting beat up in winter soldier only a human could write that cuz it's <laughs> not it's not something too crazy it's a literally just friends saying i'm with you till the end of the line that's a that's a human universal feeling yeah and ai can't write that bro and ai can't act like that bro this
1: is ridiculous man it's it's stifling it's, it's not even stifling creativity it's just not even letting creativity happen in the first place by implementing things like ai when the film industry is already sort of not in the same place it was 10 20 years ago because of like streaming services streaming services aren't maybe they're some of the practice is unethical, but I think streaming is just an evolution of the way we consume content. I think it's natural. But um when Matt Damon did his Hot Ones interview, he said that um say he goes he he's he's making a, a film with a studio with you know he's he's a producer and um say the film was gonna cost 50 million to make They need another 50 million on top of that for like uh, marketing, promotion, advertising things. And then um, they have to pay, you know, distributors, you have to pay people to, you know, like cinemas and things like that. And a film that initially would just cost 50 million to make, they have to earn, I think he said, 200 million at least at the box office to make a profit. I maybe butchered that. I'll include a link to the interview. Uh, (laughs) But.
0: No, but that math adds up, yeah.
1: But and he said, back in the day, back in the late nineties, when he was making films like, um, I've got a list of all his films here, so I uh, get them right because we do things correctly here. We get our information correct on the Invincibles. Uh yeah, Films. These these are films that he said like the film type films he'd love to make like Rainmaker, School Ties, um, and rounders, things like that. And all those films that, like, you know, like the Robin Williams type of films, like Dead Poets Society, movies like that, incredible movies, movies that really have an impact on you as a person that really mean something. They could afford to make them back then because they knew six months after the theatrical release, they could afford not to make the whole money back on the theatrical release because they knew six months later They have another huge chunk of money come from DVDs and uh, VHS. Now they don't have that anymore. Only nerds like me buy the physical copies. (laughs) (laughs) But um, as you can very clearly see, that's probably about 5% of my whole collection. But
0: but, but hard copy (laughs) companies can never take it away from you.
1: Yes. Yes. I own that. I own them. Um, You don't own the films you're watching on Netflix. But yeah, the films could afford not to make back the whole um, budget at the box office because they knew six months later they'd have another big wedge of money coming in. But now they don't have that. If they, if say a small budget, you say small budget, fifty million still a hell of a lot of money. But re- relatively in Hollywood, a fifty million film compared to what fil- type of films are coming out now, that's a, that's a low budget movie. A fifty million—the fact that fifty million dollar film would have to make $200, 300 million just to become to even begin to make profit. Right. Say Dead Poets Society was released today, that film makes nowhere near three hundred million in box office.
0: I, I don't think because, because because it's also like you're pricing out ter- certain genres of movies. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a romance movie that's like a hundred million dollar budget. That's superhero movies, and that's yeah. what people go to see the most so you're literally i guess the natural evolution of it is is like other genres are getting priced out if you want to make an indie mo- comedy teen movie good luck with that buddy but if you mm-hmm. add a superhero to it oh now we're talking
1: yeah you know? like, and that's so disheartening for actors because when you're acting on superhero movie you, you're not on a set you well most of the time, you're on like a just surrounded by blue or green, blue or green walls. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, actors like like Matt Damon said, he loves making those type of films, but he can't make them anymore mm-hmm. because of how the industry's changed. And that was before studios started getting obsessed with AI. So actors are already sort of. They can't make the films they want to make anymore, and studios making it even harder for them. Um, And as you mentioned before we started recording, people, um, like young people who see the industries like this, they w- won't want to go into that because they think, well, I'm not going to be able to make a career out of it.
0: Right, it's not and sustainable. Then,
1: why? Why do? Yeah, this? and then maybe. Somebody who could go on, as I said, before, someone who could go on to be the best actor ever will never do that.
0: It's sad, man. It's disheartening. yeah, but do you think this strike will be successful what do you what do you hope for that um, what it... do you think feasibly will happen
1: well, Bob Iger and the studios have been like, um, we're just gonna wait it out when people start losing their homes, which that's just evil. That's pure evil. um, And it just, it's a matter of who breaks first, really, you know, praying it's the studios because as we know, they're obsessed with money and apparently they're losing tens of millions a day with both strikes ongoing at the moment. So. Uh, but does you know, that
0: hurt them? Because that is an insane amount of money, but look at how much they probably have in the vault.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Bob Iger is making twenty
0: five million a year.
1: How he doesn't need to earn anywhere near that amount of money. Take take how do
0: you make twenty five million?
1: Cut his paycheck by twenty million and pay the writers. Do that's my message to Bob Iger.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, like Bob Iger, the one, the first thing that comes to mind, Bob Iger, is he's the guy who made Spider Man back in the MCU. So I will give him that. So if you Mm -hmm. want. Listen, if Arsene Wenger was making ten million and Arsenal was trash, okay, I do see that. Okay, Bob Iger should make at least ten to twelve. If Arsene Wenger was making that at Arsenal, Bob Iger can, especially when he made a success with the MCU. And I know that's a horrible analogy. I just kind of wanted to piss off some Arsenal fans on the on the video, but like, also Wenger out blood. You know, Wenger out blood.
1: <laughs> Also, it's time no to go. And,
0: and you know, what for DT, it's time to go to prison.
1: <laughs> I love me
0: some Arsenal fan TV, man. I, I love, I love, I love Arsenal fan. I wonder if Arsenal fan TV are, are comic book nerds. You know, I, oh, I, I bet some
1: of them TV. are. Some of them are.
0: Yeah, I got. I want to hear. I, I want to see Claude and the Avengers Infinity War premiere. Like, I want to see. Uh, like, Claude! Actually, he probably rest in peace, legend. Um. Anyway, going going off topic, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I twenty five million is insane, mm. absolutely insane. And he's just
1: extended his contract. He was meant to only be working till the end of this year. He's now working till twenty twenty six.
0: So, do you think nothing's going to change as long as he's in charge?
1: Uh, well, maybe, but with when when the right the writers' guild strike. It happened 2008 as well. Uh, but the the writer's strike and the screen actor's guild both going on a strike together when the industry's already struggling from like still feeling the effects of COVID. That should have a real, real impact. And maybe to... I think maybe... To maybe kind of analyse the words of... Um, of like the studios, the fact that they're saying we'll wait till they're you know they're losing their houses, their jobs. Maybe I don't know if this is just wishful thinking, but maybe are are they a bit scared? Maybe they're saying that to try and force them to give up. Maybe they are actually a bit scared that if this carries on, I would,
0: I would, I'm not gonna
1: lie. Yeah, you think they're scared?
0: No, 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 I'm saying if I was, oh, I are they scared? I thought the the studio's like the writers uh maybe i think um it depends on the studio i think marvel studios and disney probably is not that scared Hmm. um simply because their need for immediate quality content i don't think is right now you can make the most average fantastic four movie and still make like 700 800 million dollars the marvel studios name will sell it's timeless now um maybe like you know With certain genres, like in the 70s, horror was way up. Now only really the best horror movies are up, but typically horror movies are either really bad or really iconic now. So maybe that happens in the superhero movie. I don't know. But what I will say is the superhero movie, the cameos, they are kind of the big thing throughout every franchise, every company. I mean, even in reality TV shows, right? Because I'm a big reality TV junkie. They don't create new... Reality TV characters they keep bringing back Polly D or Snooky or something like that. So, this is something <laughs> that is you get what I'm saying, like universal throughout the entire entertainment field. They just keep bringing back nostalgia. And I think, yeah, in because... the Love is
1: Blind reunion, they brought in someone from uh, what's it called, Too Hot to Handle?
0: Yes, yes, it, it crossovers, yeah. It's it's uh, <laughs> I don't know it's 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 I think the studios it depends I, I I think if I'm Warner Brothers yeah I'm I'm shitting my pants you know after mm. the Flash there <laughs> in it,
1: you know even though DC future of that's are seems all right with James Gunn Warner Brothers still a bit of a shit show
0: yeah yeah and we have no idea how Superman Legacy is gonna you know shoot mm. and pan out and I have no idea but. I think if I'm a writer, and this is the most important thing, man, like, I would be scared right now. I mean, I went to school for writing. I <laughs> still haven't even broken into the industry. And I'm, like, scared, bro. Yeah. Like, real talk. I'm gonna be real with you, bro. I'm starting, like, obviously, I don't believe it, but when, like, you know, people say, oh, like, don't be a writer. It's not a real career. This shit validates that. Yeah. You get me? Like, now it's like like what do i do now but you know i think most important i want to inspire the viewers here is there will always be challenges in life and the greats are the ones who rise above it you know your Mm -hmm. life is your story and you write the pages so however harder the struggle is however sweeter your page will be still um i don't want anybody to be discouraged i certainly don't want to be discouraged I have a lot of plans I, i tell you about that i actively work on um it's just scary, man. It's just a scary time right now. We're living in a Black Mirror episode. Ollie, do you know where we can, um, before we go into Superman Legacy, do you know where we can donate and kind of just spread awareness to help the writers and the actors currently Ooh. right now?
1: Um, I, will, I will get a link and I will put it in the description of this episode and put it on our social medias. So, okay, and absolutely. I'll all right, let me look at the screen. I think it'll be here okay on the on the video on the youtube right here there'll be a link so click that (laughs) click it guys click the link yeah um yeah
0: man we we stand in solidarity with the writers and the actors and um we don't get quality pieces of work that influence our lives and impact our decision making and make the world a better place without people who are behind the page, behind the screen writing and making that happen and pouring from their heart. This is not analytical. This is not math. This is not just a pure skill. You're pouring from your heart into the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. You need to be paid for that.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, sums it up perfectly. Like, maybe this can be something we talk about as it develops in the future and future episodes, because, you know, it's only just gone. There's going to be a lot more to come out of this story. Um, and I just hope that there's a happy ending.
0: Well, hopefully the happy ending starts with Superman Legacy, man. It's coming mm-hmm. out. The James Gunn universe is upon us. I don't know why they're announcing all the Superman legacy stuff when Aquaman two is around the corner. I know I'm the only Aquaman fan on the planet, but it seems to me that DC truly does not care. They're going all in on Superman. It is what it is. Superman legacy. We got uh David Korn as Superman, Amy Brosnahan as Lois Lane.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: we got a, a, you know, Isabella Merced as Hawkgirl, girl. Um, Eddie Gathege as Mr. Terrific. Um, other actors metamorpho i forget his name um nathan fillion as guy gardener
1: of course um, he's in it we knew he was going to be in it <laughs> yeah
0: like like this this is i i really love the concept of superman coming into an established superhero world and potentially making it better because of the values that pa and my can and still on him, I, I really, I really do like that. I kind of like the concept mm-hmm. potentially of jaded superheroes and Superman legacy. And then Superman is the new kid on the scene, but because he's Superman, he can actually change the culture of superheroism in the DC universe. And that is a far cry from the Snyderverse, which I think is necessary. Like I'm not even trying to diss on the Snyderverse, but I do think Superman is a character that his ideals and what he stands for needs to bleed and ooze through the page and through the screen. Uh, truth justice equity for all and um we need a hopeful superman we need a colorful superman mm-hmm. um, i think james gunn is going to bring it but in light of all that you know the writer strike and everything what do you think is going to happen in this movie and i'm not talking plot points i mean sure go ahead and talk about you know what you would like to see but i mean in, more in terms of like do you think the movie's going to get pushed back do you think there's going to be creative changes do you think um, you know the cast? Like, like, well, what do you think realistically is going to happen with Superman Legacy, or is it safe from all of this? Like,
1: um, well, the f- it's still, well, it's not even in pre-production yet, is it? Because they're still casting. Yeah, so. yeah, they're still, yeah, it's still casting still working on the script. So, still very, very early stages. He's given a year for the release, but he's not given like an actual date. I don't think so. Um, maybe you yeah, said
0: like a week ago he said 2 years from now we'll get superman legacy so do the yeah. math i guess that's the date yeah, yeah.
1: um so it may yeah maybe it'll get pushed back a film that will definitely be pushed back is deadpool 3 because that's just completely paused. um but yeah with uh we'll yeah we'll talk about that more in a little bit but yeah it's it's probably going to be delayed a little bit because it's so early it won't we won't really see that because it doesn't have like an official, it'll be released on this date. We won't really notice it that much. Um, But, you know, I've got faith that James Gunn's going to... He's, he's going to... Because he's the CEO of the DC studio or whatever it is. So, he you know, he has the authority to push back against the studio if they try and force him to use on un- unethical practices or whatever or to get stuff done in a short timeline yeah. that doesn't um doesn't treat the actors very well. Um, and one thing I am excited for it's just I'm excited to have a good Superman film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been it's too time. long. It's been it's far been too long. It's been about 40 years. Man <laughs> of Steel doesn't count. Superman Man returns as a as a kid, loved it. As I got older, I was like, eh, sorry. But
0: right. there are moments, there are WWE moments, like moments yes. to cheer for the movie. The yeah. plane scene, the the sinking ship scene, mm-hmm. uh the lifting the, the island of Krypton I mean, yo, Superman returns. The story was eh, but there are it, it there are classic Superman
1: moments. That that, that moment that when he gets shot and the bullet just like crumples on his eye. Mm. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> and that's what
0: I love about the character Superman, the concept of somebody's being so powerful who can destroy literally everything and he doesn't because he's genuinely a nice human being and that is never going away. Listen, in a world full of nihilism and this is, you know, corrupt and that's corrupt and the leader out to get you in the matrix system, the third We need a Superman movie that can remind people you can be hopeful. You can be cheerful and not be oblivious to the world around you. You know, being Superman is not just being blissfully happy. It is acknowledging the problems in your world and still making the world a better place and succeeding. That is Superman. That is Superman. So, you know, and that's universal. Every single Superman iteration story, comic book, whatever before the injustice verse, and you know, Superman is secretly evil, and everything. That was the point to so much so to where people forget. Zack Snyder was hired by Warner Brothers not to tell an iconic Superman story, but to reinvent the character Superman to make Superman "quote unquote" cool. There is an interview I will like, you know, I'll, I'll link it where uh, his wife, I believe, um, I think her name is Deborah Snyder. Um, yes, she yes. said. We figured out how to make Clark cool in the modern era.
1: Hmm.
0: Think about that. (laughs) Think about that. Like, did they? (laughs) And like, listen. There's so much wrong that I have with Man of Steel. I think the number one thing is that Clark barely had any dialogue. I remember walking out of Man of Steel, and I'm like, there isn't really much about Clark's character that i can really say yeah that's the superman like he's kind of a secondary character in his own movie yeah that's the vibe i got in Menaceal. yeah there was awesome action sequences it was great but i'm sick of the jesus uh metaphors every two seconds i'm sick of like the crazy uh action kaboom godzilla action sequences that do not have the heart and soul of superman And I'm tired of a Superman that is socially awkward. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Henry Cavill having, you know, social problems and not being able to connect people. I'm sorry. It's I can't connect to it and I can't relate to it. I have anxiety. I have social anxiety, but when I'm watching the character of Superman, I'm trying to come out of the movie about to do a hundred make a wish, you know, foundation wishes come true. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do a marathon for the poor kids and, East Cleveland. Like, I'm trying to be the most inspirational person possible coming out of a Superman movie. I'm trying to be hyped. Mm-hmm. You know? That's Superman. I watch Man of Steel and I'm like, he killed Zod.
1: Like, uh, <laughs> Snaps his neck, doesn't just... <laughs> a kid. Krypton had its chance. Like, so edgy, bro. Like, so edgy, man. Like I... one, one thing I hate about that film as well it's a tornado is about to kill his dad, and he wants to save him. And then his dad is like, "No." And then he's like, oh, all right then." It's like, yeah, that, that was that Superman, bro. He can move <laughs> faster than people
0: can see. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then people, so people are saying, "Oh, well, you know, he was just sixteen. You can't have it both ways, bro. You can't have him." be so super powerful and he doesn't understand his powers to always oh, not fast enough yet that does not make any sense i'm sorry mm-hmm. or superman could have flew into the tornado the opposite way and fizzled it out that would have been so that, good why didn't they do that why didn't they do that like superman flies into the tornado goes the opposite way fizzles <laughs> it be out amazing why like and, and and why hasn't anybody done that in live action yet like we've only seen this in the cartoons james gunn make this happen like yes. i'm just like there's the most important thing about superman is that he's a guy who truly loves people he's not there he's not getting an ulterior motive out of helping people he's not doing some trauma tra- helping out of guilt he's doing it because he's genuinely like hey man do you need help I know few people in my life, you being one of them, who are like that. Hmm. And that's just the nature of humanity. Yeah. That's just the nature of humanity. Clark is the best of us. I'm not trying to see a guy who struggles with you know, the emotions that I feel in a Superman movie. If I want a relatable superhero, I'll watch Marvel. I want to be inspired. I don't want that for Superman. I want Superman to inspire me. I don't. I'm not trying to relate to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Being relatable is always good. It's always key. But when people say, oh, I relate to Batman more than Superman because Batman's a human, that's where I'm like, you don't understand the fucking character. Superman, like you chill with Batman, what do you have in common? Tell me one thing you have in common with Batman. Do you have the money? Do you have the the resources? Do you have the life experience? Do you have the training? Do you have the trauma? No, it's literally both you and him can get folded by Spider-Man with one punch. That is the common denominator. (laughs) That's it. Versus Superman, you can sit down, you can talk, you can eat have a picnic, you can walk his dog. He's just a chill dude. Like, if you went up to Superman, if Superman was real and we DM Superman on on Instagram, like, yo, Superman, where are the Invincibles? Would you want to come on to a podcast? Superman would show up. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, he would because that is Superman. Yeah. That is what the movie Superman Legacy needs to be. It needs to be so Heartwarming and so, mm, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and David Cornswet's gonna deliver that, bro. People yes. forget. I said Robert Pattinson was gonna be the best Batman ever on the rumors that he was gonna replace Ben Affleck. I was like, if they get Robert Pattinson in this new Batman movie, he's gonna be the best. I didn't miss. I'm telling you right now, David Cornswet's gonna be the best Superman ever. And please, James Gunn, give us the red trunks. Give us the red trunks we need we need the red underwear we need yes. that forget modernism forget sleek forget all that's cringy superman is a guy who helps cats out of trees and tells kids to do his homework there is an inherent level of cheese with him that we all love mm-hmm. and rant I'm, I'm sorry i just didn't like the man of steel verse i, I thought it was trash or the snyder verse I, I thought it was trash and i yeah. thought it was people who didn't understand dc characters and they just like this Elseworlds version of him. Which is fine if that's what you like. But that's not Superman, bro. No. Watch DC animated universe Superman.
1: The best. Yeah, that's some of the best Superman content recently is like the animated stuff.
0: And I want to say this. None of this hates going to Henry Cavill. If you give mm. Henry Cavill a good script, he'll give you a good Superman. Oh, yeah. I, I do think he was, he was screwed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But,
0: you know but you know well, he's getting days. to make his
1: Warhammer film now so he's happy
0: yeah you can make your Warhammer films and we can get a good Superman movie it's a win-win, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a win-win. so that, that, that's you know I don't know if you have anything you wanted to talk about sorry I love Superman <laughs> man. I love um, I love Superman in a world of edgy characters we need some Clark Kent
1: one thing I want to talk about uh, before we wrap up today is Deadpool 3 mm-hmm. um, which yes. unfortunately you know Well, actually, fortunately it's being pushed back, because that means the studio's doing the right thing, and you know, supporting the actors who are striking. Um, Well, it's not been announced it's being pushed back, but production's halted, so it's inevitable. But, holy shit, this could be the best film of all time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I I thought they'd take the piss. I thought it'd be self-aware, but until i saw that uh ruin of the 20th century Fox logo mm. i didn't i didn't expect them to be to go that far um but it looks like they're just gonna go all out taking the piss mocking the studios which you know we, i think we need a bit of that right now
0: so predict that pool 3 predict that pool 3 what are we in for
1: In for everything so we're gonna it's gonna be like a buddy cop movie with you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and um, Deadpool. Also, the Wolverine suit looks amazing. I love it. It's the best Wolverine it. live action suit. Oh, live-action have it by far. It's not even as much have the Yes, they have yes. This, the, the thing, the little silver things for his claws.
0: I think in the comics, hey, I'm, I. I never read Wolverine in the comics. I only watched the Hugh Jackman movies. I read X Men. I don't know too much about Wolverine, though. I love Cyclops, but I don't know too much about Wolverine. Uh, but to to the people in the audience and to Ali, too, that was the government, right? Like they made that opening in his hands so the claws um, can just go in and out without the skin constantly breaking. Because in the movie, they just showed oh, the skin. I, I don't constantly actually know. Breaks. I'm pretty sure it's an opening that they said they made. Okay, yeah, I think. Because in the movie, they one that'd be kind of but two, um, it's a way to such the character when Wolverine uses his powers, it hurts, thus reminding him that he is a vessel of hurt, thus affecting his mental health. So they made it work in the movie, it was actually quite smart, and the comics kind of should have done that, but yeah, they're going with that this time around, which I thought was interesting. I thought that was awesome, yeah. Or maybe I'm c- going too deep into it.
1: No, no, I think I think that's cool. I like that actually. I didn't know that. Um, it does look, it, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of modernizations of classic costumes that are absolutely terrible, but I think this is an absolute perfect example of when it's done right. Um, mm. you know, it is a callback to like the old comics, the 90s animated series, which is phenomenal, which we're getting more of.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, yes. and yeah, I, I do hope it just goes, it goes it really pushes it to limit takes the piss out of 20th century fox out of disney hope it takes piss out of kevin feige um and i hope it
0: takes the piss out of sony
1: (laughs) yeah yes
0: yes deadpool has to deadpool (laughs) has to mention morbius bro he has to mention the fact that spider-man has yet to be in a sony cinematic universe like spider-man movie
1: In the final battle, in the final battle, or if there's every superhero movie has a final battle, it's fucking trope of it, isn't it? Um, as he's running into battle, he says, "It's Morbin time, (laughs) bro."
0: If Deadpool said it's Morbin time, the entire like like people would go to watch the movie just for that scene. (laughs) Yeah, they would. Like Deadpool. So so, from what I'm understanding, this is literally just Deadpool is aware that he is now in the MCU, so he grabs logan from the logan verse or the brian singer verse or what version of yes. jackman is
1: he grabs a version okay like, um what i'm thinking is maybe maybe the logan film that, that's separate let's think of that as separate to the x-men films oh we're getting into the x-men timeline drama here that's that's a, that's so Deadpool could make
0: a joke out of that Deadpool yes. could make a joke He's, he, already he, could,
1: asked, hasn't he? he could literally be like
0: hey guys opening segment hey guys so they just signed a contract and Kevin Feige put me in the MCU so I'm here but we haven't cast a Wolverine yet and I'm also trying to do a Ryan Reynolds impersonation like we haven't gotten a Wolverine yet and uh, there's a lot of Hugh Jackman so I'm just going to find a random one with an actual <laughs> comic book accurate costume and we're just going to come into the MCU and then maybe they try they do like a incursion or whatever, like the Doctor Strange thing with all the Spider-Man. So then Deadpool's like, oh my God, it's like X-Men, no way home <laughs> or something like that. You know, like if they do this right, this movie could be freaking amazing. And then maybe the other X-Men of their universes are trying to take out Deadpool and Logan because it's a threat to their universes. And then they're like, Deadpool's like, ah, Deadpool kills. The bad Marvel universe or something like that, like kind of funny, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like it could it could really work. But I think what I appreciate about the Fox Deadpool films is there is an element of seriousness. Like, yeah, Deadpool makes jokes. He was also stabbed in a burning building, and he saw his friends die, and that affected him. That scarred him. So, do you think, not to be that the person on Twitter who always hates on Marvel, but do you think the fact that Disney owns this property that will compromise Deadpool three in any way?
1: Uh, I have had worries of that, um, but uh, now I've now I've seen the set photos, I'm a bit more okay with it. Um, uh, yeah, it would be rated R, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm, yes, okay, I, right. I'll double check that. Um, so again, we do our fact checks here.
0: Uh... Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's rated R. Because yeah, so minor. it
1: says the script was written with uh, R rating in mind. So yeah.
0: Okay, yes. so I really hope I really hope it's not a soft rated R where it's technically rated R because they had two F words in it or something. Like I really hope they, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like I really yeah. hope they go above and beyond with it. Do does this movie
1: need a plot? Does this um, movie need a plot? I don't. It doesn't think it does. need a. It 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 does it needs it needs like something um at the beginning like a, a goal for the characters to achieve and at the end, at the by the end of the film that goal gets achieved but it doesn't really matter how they get there as long as it's a fun ride really okay um, it so- can afford to be that type of film like Deadpool's the only character that you can get away with doing that with because his one of his powers is he's aware he's in a comic book or in this case he's aware he's in a comic book movie so he can get away with it
0: so how funny would it be if ryan reynolds meets up with tom hong spider-man at some point and he goes like oh doesn't twitter call you iron boy jr or something like that and like (laughs) you know like that would be like they have to make joke they have to you know be smart with it i here's how i would do deadpool 3 i would have deadpool meet up with a logan that he needs help so like Mm. uh Maybe the X-Men are after Deadpool because of incursions of the multiverse. So he goes to a Logan that's willing to help him. Thus, Deadpool not kills the Fox X-Men universe, but Deadpool is surviving the Fox X-Men Oh, yeah.
1: Universe. Okay. You
0: get what I'm saying? So he's still killing them, but he's not going out of his way to do it. It's like he's protecting himself. But I really hope they bring back the other characters, too, like uh, um, the the kid that blows stuff up in Deadpool 2. Um the Zazie uh, character, fight, uh, Dom, and, uh fire fist yeah fire Bron- fist, bronson Domin- reed <laughs> yeah literally bro like i need to have some of that continuity and it would hmm. be really cool like i know there was news of jennifer garner and ben affleck reprising their roles from daredevil as daredevil and electra in deadpool 3 so there's a lot that they can do um but you know i think the most important thing is i want to have a fun Deadpool experience with an idea of what the future will hold. So mm-hmm. the last question I'm going to ask you before we kind of wrap things up here, bro, what's the future for the MCU Wolverine?
1: Uh, I think it's, I think it's got to be a recast. Um, so, yeah. I don't think this Wolverine I think is going to end up in the MCU because see Hugh Jackman wants to do something else. He spent 20 years of his life playing this character. He's, you know, he wants to do other things. Um, and I think he's talks about how hard it was to get back in shape for this role. So it's got to be a recast. And um, maybe that happens in this movie. Maybe at the end, Wolverine dies, and Deadpool's like, "Oh, okay, I'll go get another one." And then he goes and grabs another one. That's a new actor. Something like that. Um, mm. Maybe. Um, so,
0: like, one had a serious death in Logan, and one is humorous. Like, we know Logan's died before, so we're not going to try to match it.
1: Yeah, either. yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. You're, you've already had that powerful, emotional goodbye, so this is just a fun little, little extra. Or maybe they don't kill
0: Wolverine, but like, uh, I don't know. He's he ends up like retiring on a beach or something, and he but, actually, yeah, like this uh, is like the Wolverine Steve Rogers in, in Endgame. Yeah, like this is the Wolverine Mm -hmm. that gets to have his happy ending. Yeah. And it's something silly. Like he's like, you know, I own a zoo now. And he's like the nicest zookeeper ever or something like that. And Deadpool's like, oh, I wasn't surprised. Like, you know, is it the claws? Like, you know, I don't know. But I I want them to give Wolverine a happy ending. But I want there to be some intense fights. And I would love, there's going to be a crazy, you know, out there. But I would love to see Deadpool fight Sam Wilson's Captain America in this movie.
1: Oh, the, that would be so good because they're two of the best comedic actors like in comic book films. So mm. yes,
0: yes, I'd love that. Would you recast, last question, would you recast Wolverine? So,
1: sorry, sorry, just touching on that, Deadpool has to make a joke about 8 Mile. He's like, isn't your oh, name Clarence? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. they. Man, this movie really is going to be special. Um, it, Would you recast Wolverine like like uh, James Howlett Wolverine or would you bring in Laura from Logan but like that oh. actress has grown up now
1: yes I think I think that's, that could be a way to do it just have her be the Wolverine have them come through together and then but she, like you know she becomes Wolverine I, I'd love to see that it's a way to so we have even though we haven't seen Wolverine in the MCU we've had a heck of a lot of Logan you know, in films, maybe maybe that's a way to freshen it up. And because whoever comes into the if you do recast Logan, whoever comes into that role has got huge shoes to fill. Besa- besides that, besides Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, uh, Chris Evans's Captain America and Rob Down Jr.'s Iron Man, they're like the other two where you literally can't imagine any, anyone else playing it. Right. Um, so maybe that is a good way to do it. because... Otherwise, the pressure on that person, who, re you know the the new actor playing Logan, will be um like immense pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you
0: shouldn't try to match Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I actually w- I'd really like to see that. I would, and you know, she's yeah, she she is growing up now. Let's. How old is she? Actually she's got to be Listen. like
0: sixteen or fifteen. Like she's still yeah, a kid. Yeah, she's, she's. Was she like, about? Yeah.
1: Was she like ten, eleven when Logan came out? Or I was it she younger? Was like nine. Yeah, I thought she was like. Oh, nine. What was it? What's she's the got. One?
0: There's. There ain't no way she's like older than seventeen. Like she's still a kid. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah, it's the same same thing. She's still a kid. But yeah. Okay. Like. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, she could easily play an adult. Um. But see what. Uh, the-
0: I would really want tom holland to speak to her mm-hmm. before we have another young actor join the mcu especially when he talked about hollywood and how it's draining that's my mm-hmm. only like I, w- I would really appreciate if like tom holland reached out if that w- if he knew and was like oh yeah. Yo, before you join understand like this is this is a, this is a machine you know um good stuff but it's a lot of
1: that tom holland stuff. interview was fascinating by the way like if you haven't watched this yeah. Tom Holland interview with uh was it, the Jay, Jay Shetty, Shetty podcast, it's absolutely yeah. fascinating. what he talks about like uh you know, his alcohol addiction is problems with Hollywood, it's a must watch for any anyone really, but especially Marvel fans. Yeah, he's a
0: genuine human he's a genuine mm. human being. Tom Holland He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. If he retires from Spider Man, I while it would be like, dang, you're just getting started, really. Um, I don't blame him because mm-hmm. with the amount of work that he's put in, he should have been farther in the Spider-Man character. And I, I sense that there may be some frustration. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm speculating, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, this is, this is. Uh, do you want to say anything else before we sign off?
1: Um, support the unions,
0: of course. Of course, that's what it's all yeah. about. Not so just actors
1: in the UK, we've got the railway unions, we've got, you know, you teachers' unions, just support them. Mm. If you know someone in your family who who's part of a union who uh fighting for something new striking, donate, just support them. Yeah.
0: Hmm? Don't don't be a conservative cuck, don't be a dickhead. Like you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Not to be you know
1: don't be a tory
0: don't be a yeah yeah, don't don't be a republican you know like i don't know know, (laughs) we might might get people who like you might you might get people that hate us here for that but listen you can't be a fan of superman or captain america and then be tory or republican that makes no sense
1: and this is our podcast we can say what we want if they want to chat shit about shit like that make your own fucking podcast
0: yeah, make your own podcast. Right. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, bro. <laughs> we're the invincibles and nothing lets us go down. But yes, that's another episode. Um, good stuff today, you know. It's you know, I, I just want to say one thing, you know, um, coming from my culture and my background too, this might be the ammo um that some people in the older generation might use to say, hey, you shouldn't go into the arts because they're not paying their writers well. When the real conversation should be, if you're good enough to make a difference, you're going to get paid your worth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How we view the world changes the world. How we view the world changes the world, man. But this has been the Invincible's podcast. I'm Zen. I'm Ollie. And see you guys next time. See ya.